Hello, and welcome to Just Another Real Estate Podcast, where we'll speak with Arizona's most successful real estate professionals to better understand their business, current market conditions, team and business building strategies, successes, and challenges. This podcast is brought to you by Dwell Inspect Arizona with your host, Sean Garvey. Welcome to Just Another Real Estate Podcast. Uh, Today's wonderful guests are Evan and Gentry Young. Um, This is the first time we have had multiple people that we're interviewing. Uh, So I'm super excited to hear two stories. Um, It's it's bang for your double your bang for your buck on this one. Um, So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for for joining me today, taking the time to to, um, have a great conversation. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for having us, Sean. Of course. Thinking of us. Uh, I, when I started to develop this, I, I certainly thought of you two being on here. I knew you'd be great guests, have great personalities, um, have a great story to share. Uh, so tell me, um, tell me about yourselves. Tell me what got you into the business. Um, what is your business name? How did you develop? How are you to where you're at today? You want to start? You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our team name is very creative. It's Evan and Gentry. Okay. Um, we went on a real limb out there. Um, we, I've been licensed in Arizona since 2012. You have been for six years, five years. When, when we came back from Belize. Yeah, we when licensed. we moved back yeah. from Belize. So we've had kind of a hiatus. We were here, moved to Belize for a couple of years. Our daughter was born there. And then we've been back for, I think it's seven years this month, actually, that we've been back. So right. that's probably about how long. Right. And that, and, and Belize is really where we, we started mm-hmm. real estate. Um, so we lived on the island of Ambergris Key in Belize um, and specifically targeted international investors. Um, uh, a lot of uh, U.S. and Canadian investors. A lot of people actually looked to move their money out of the U.S. And so we, we'd have a lot of um, real estate going on that way um and uh when we came back then i got licensed here because you didn't have to be licensed in belize to do real estate believe it or not no kidding Mm -hmm. yeah which is kind of funny kind of spooky when you think that through a little bit um so he got licensed we started our team and have been working together since then really in in residential that's that's an interesting um, dynamic, right? The husband and wife dynamic, um, mm-hmm. and and we'll get into that a little bit. I just have one quick question because I didn't know until I met you guys. Where's Belize, and what is it? <laughs> it <laughs> is south of the Yucatan Peninsula, kind of tucked under the Yucatan Peninsula, Which along is Mexico. Mexico, yeah, Got just it. below Mexico. Just below Mexico. Actually, the the island we lived on, Ambergris Key, used to be a part of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually, there's a canal that was channeled out by the Mayans that they used to travel back behind the lagoon um, and uh, be out of the way of waves because the island has a reef um, that protects the island. You've got the second largest barrier reef in the world right off from Ambergris Key. Um, So they made this channel anyway to go um, behind, and that's what actually created Ambergris Key as an island, and it ended up being separated from the land of Mexico. Um, but uh, otherwise, it would be like a little finger peninsula coming off if that canal wasn't there. Wow, wild! Super and correct cool. me if I'm wrong. Based on that reef, I'm pretty sure that I saw it on like uh, Discovery Channel Shark Week that there's like an area where there's just a whole ton of sharks there. Yes, that yeah. that, that shark ray alley that you go to. Yeah. Uh, one of the snorkeling spots. one of the snorkeling spots and you get out and you wait what uh, <laughs> you, you swim with the sharks our daughter she was born there she was she was swimming with sharks at like a month old well we were on the catamaran with her when she was three weeks old but actually like snorkeling with us I think was like nine or ten months she was in her little floaty thing you know with like the umbrella thing and just yeah. floating around with us and nurse sharks and stingrays were coming up and just hanging in the water how wonderful <laughs> yep the perks of island life yes there yeah. were some perks there are perks <laughs> yeah there's also downsides I mean, yeah. but it was great we were on the number one team in the world um at remax internationally at that time um, so that's where we got our feet wet and and uh came back to to do it here feet wet and so- i think it broadened our 
perspective, not just life and living on an island, which is very different than living in Arizona in Phoenix, but broadened our perspectives with business and investing, I think also. Yeah. A lot that we just had never been exposed to before. So you, you go down there and you're like, Hey, I need a job. And you're like, uh, knock on the Remax dudes got, uh, so, office and you're like, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that we probably can't talk about on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so initially we got married there and Evan said, we're going to live here someday. And we thought, I thought, of course, that's, you know, forever in the future and yeah right. right and then we moved here we're not happy with I I was so my my transition I I was a I was a global account manager for a fortune 500 company okay. um, and I traveled every week essentially every week from I'd leave on Sunday night um, or Monday morning and get back Thursday or Friday um that week and i i just i traveled like some days i'd be in multiple states at the on the same day and i'd wake up in a hotel room literally wondering i didn't know where i was like i'd wake up in the morning like have to sit and think what city am i in (laughs) which was crazy yeah Um, and i remember we took some time off and uh we went up to our fit my favorite place to go like camping and fishing is in Wyoming called snowy range. And we have, we had at the time a boxer named Elway. Um, and we were up there and she didn't respond to me calling for her. Um, and she, she was only used coming to, to me. yeah, she was only coming to her. Um, and she used to respond to me. And so that was kind of like the first, we didn't have kids then. So that was my first like realization, like, Holy cow, I'm gone so much that my dog doesn't listen to me anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, gave my notice and well we went to Belize for our anniversary and that's kind of where the connection came in of would you guys like live down here and work down here and so we were we came back and we're like we're we're gonna do it so my notice um and like 30 days later we moved from the time we gave our notice to the time we were on the island was six weeks six weeks Boom. Decided and we found out 10 days after we moved that I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Something like a couple of life shifts in, in uh, two months, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pregnant for the first time living on an island in a third world country in the middle of the Caribbean. <laughs> With no jobs. With no, yeah. Well, we had a job, but oh, you already got it. it was slow to get started. Kinda. Yeah. Well, yeah, we go and got into real estate. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> So sort of a job. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that look like? Then you 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 just show up, um, third world country. Uh, then you're finding the number one team. Um, is that is that the connection? Like when you were down there, you yep. made that connection with I'm him or her. I'm sorry, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but actually meeting the the parents of that person, we we were. I guess to even go further back, we were, did I say, did you say we were married yeah. down there? Okay. Never yeah. mind. She already said that we were married down there and, and, and we we're going to live there one day. So yeah, we, it was a connection thing that kind of randomly fell and started, things started rolling into place that way. Um, uh, and then so you don't have to have a license down there to do real estate, but you're supposed to have a work permit if you're not a Belizean. And so we had to work kind of through that process and then got to meet a lot of different kind like types of individuals some very high net worth individuals um so yeah I mean, it was interesting there's a lot of people um mainly investors are yeah. are looking at it um and so you target investors internationally and, and but we'd meet I mean we met uh families like, too families too but we met you know like Robert Kiyosaki um rich dad, rich dad. dad. um Ken I mean, McElroy, Ken McElroy which Peter is Schiff, Peter Schiff, yeah. on him on MSN. All he's the time talking at- a lot right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, there's a ton of people that look at stuff internationally. I mean, we had people from uh, a uh, a doctor that did all the surgeries for um, an NFL team and a baseball mm-hmm. team out. Um, I won't say In names and stuff. Texas, but, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say no. Yeah. But um, there's there's all sorts of 
all sorts of people that we met from all over the world that are are that are looking for investments in the U.S., but also outside of it, just to expand their um, Portfolio. portfolios and and uh, keep up with um, you know things are ever changing here with our dollar, and there's things happening around the world that people follow more so than we we realize. Um, being huh. in the U.S., how much goes on outside of it too? For sure, that makes sense. And so with your move down there, you basically, that was your decision. If you both get into real estate, you're almost in business, starting your business together down there. Yeah, we did do operate very separately down there. You did. Yeah, she, I mean, we were at the same place, but um, the projects, projects, we worked on on separate, very separate projects. So like here, we always work on single family homes Um, down there. She mainly did land when I did, um, the resort. the the resorts and then um like condos anywhere that you can have an ROI essentially so like there's there was a resort that we were in with developing and then there was also um other resorts that existed um that people would basically come down they'd fly fly down on like a friday meet for dinner um and then the next day we'd go out and tour properties on the island we'd look at their ROI look at like what the room occupancy was how much they charge per night what the resorts fees were because you're buying like a condo in condo town resort um but then it's being occupied by a management company or whoever's running Mm -hmm. that resort property um and so you're just going through those properties and showing what the ROI is um what they can get for their money, what the occupancy rate is, what your your projection would be for the year. Um, and you look at, you know, the times of year as far as um, high season versus low season, what the rates are and all that. So that's an interesting element of that business. I When I was in Hawaii, I inspected some, they call them condo tells there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like my first introduction to them, like I, I had no clue what it was. And and then I got the, the I guess the MLS sheet and it was like a, you were buying a hotel room for a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And then, and then they're like, you can only inspect this from 12 to one. And I was like, what, what is going on here? And we went to the front desk, got a key. I went up there and there were like sheets were balled up on the bed. And I was like, what do you guys want me to do for the inspection? They're like, test the air. There's like a microwave and like a little baby fridge and a bathroom and a shower. And I was like, okay, perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and we would do a lot of those, and you were right. A lot of um, Japanese investors would do that, and then they I put it into the so hotel pool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I mean, essentially, you could think of it as the same thing as as somebody buying an Airbnb property down in Scottsdale yeah. here. That's what they're looking at outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and but you had global investors there. I mean, there's a lot of um, uh, Chinese investors, um, of Canadian, of course. You're, European. It, you had Europeans coming over. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, it was a global thing. So then you guys um, decided to close that chapter um, as you shift through there and then move back to Arizona mm-hmm. yep. um, and then open your real estate business together. Yeah. You're taking your, your differentiation between what you knew in there, putting it together, harnessing your forces and and hitting it into the market. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we... We left there. Um, our daughter Dylan was born there. She's eight now, um, and we were there. She was there for almost two years, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think you know, it's a big, a big part of it was family. It's easier when it's just the two of us down there, and sure. we find out she's pregnant ten days after we get there. Sure. Um, and I mean, there's there's obviously the the complications of you can't get everything that you're used to in the U.S. Mm-hmm. down there, and so you're far away from family. You're far away from your normal creature comforts, creature comforts. And so you add in a baby to that and clothes, diapers, that kind of stuff is, is, um, more difficult to come by, especially when you're on an Island. Um, but it's a third world country. I mean, there's no, at that time there was zero chains, like no McDonald's, no, no, nothing, no hotel brands. Um, there is now hotel brands. Um, but I mean, you just don't have those like the, the only chains that you had at that time were, were real estate chains, like Remax where we were at. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So there so. was no 11 o'clock target run to pick up yeah. formula. No, and no mommy and me group. No, <laughs> our, nothing like that. Our like grocery shopping. You went every couple days, every few days to go grocery shopping. Cause 
food down there. You have no GMOs. You have everything that you get there um, is super, super fresh, but it goes bad very quickly because um, you just don't have all that treatment that you have on the foods here. It's not all processed. Um, and so you don't have cars on the island we lived on either. So we'd have a golf cart and, and when we go grocery shopping, it was a half day thing because you had multiple stops. You go to Maria's fruit stand and the butcher, the butcher um, which is like, you know, an old school butcher that you'd probably see in the U.S. that are coming back now in the U.S. Yeah. We'll go to your butcher and have everything. But hey, you go in there, there's a counter full of uh, full of beef and and pork and chicken um and oftentimes there's one one where you walk in and there was a, a counter and the pigs are hanging 10 feet behind it too yeah like wow. everything's right there mm -hmm. <laughs> sounds so cool our, our our shopping days were it was a a whole whole thing it was too, a thing. you know it was it took a little bit mm -hmm. but yeah it's fun too yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. So came back and decided that real estate is what we were going to do. And I've got licensed. And then when we moved back here, we, we really didn't have anyone, Evan's sister and brother-in-law lived here, but we mm -hmm. didn't have like a sphere of influence and we didn't grow up here. So we didn't have, you know, those kind of deep roots to start with. So it was a lot of open houses, anything we could do to to try and build our business that way. Connect with yeah. people, mm -hmm. offering value of basically our background. Essentially our background is what got us into offering value with people at open houses and stuff. My background is construction um, and construction management. My degrees in construction management. I graduated from Colorado State University, which at that time, I think it was, it was in the top three programs in the country with like Purdue and Texas A&M, I think. I don't remember what it was at that time um, exactly, but I think it's still pretty rank, high ranked up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Gentry had uh, um, has a business degree, but has all sorts of experience with um, home builders and design, flooring, um, interior design and stuff. So we were able to offer a different, like more in-depth perspective, mm -hmm. I think, than a lot of um, people have just with construction knowledge um and then obviously she has construction knowledge too so that's For that's sure. a, beneficial, a benefit and we still get calls today where people look at our website and they're like oh we we want somebody that understands construction walks mm -hmm. into that and looks for specific things um whether they had a bad experience in the past that caused them to want that specifically or um we have some people from north carolina um that we're under contract with right now out here that are moving here and they specifically said they had uh, realtor one time, I think in Oregon that had construction experience and they really liked that knowledge that was that an, an additional, um, benefit to them when they were looking at homes. Yeah. That's interesting. And so when you, when you came together to start a business, uh, the marriage dynamic is hard, um, uh, and the business dynamic is hard even mm -hmm. with, and then you add in a partner with the business dynamic, it gets harder. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, did you have the foresight to like have defined roles? Because I, and, <laughs> and I've seen you guys define your roles as your business has, has grown. And we can talk about kind of what they are later, but like, did that start or did that, was that kind of forced as you kind of de developed your business? I, I, you can say, I, I feel like it was, it just kind of developed, honestly. Um, I don't think we had foresight for it, or we probably have <laughs> yeah. done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. Um, no, I, I wish we would have thought that through a little bit more. Some friends of ours, they're American, but we actually met them in Belize. Yeah. They have traveled around, and they're actually in Hawaii right now. But for a while, they traveled around, and I remember talking to my friend Tam one day and saying like, how are you guys? They were literally living in like a Ford expedition, traveling around the Western United States for like a year and a half. And I'm like, how have you not just, you know, murdered each other? You're yeah. this big. And that's one thing she talked about. Um, Todd has this set of responsibilities that he does. This is my set. And we know when we get to a campground or whatever, Todd's going to be doing this and I'm going to be doing that. And I remember thinking, that's genius. We <laughs> do that in our business. <laughs> yeah. And so and I think some of it has 
it's more come about a little bit more organically than us being very intentional and foresight and realizing that. But now it's, it's more to where I'll do a lot of like the initial calls and conversations, like with, if we get a referral or a new client lead or whatever, I'll, I'll take on those more. Evan is phenomenal during the inspection period Mm -hmm. and a lot, he'll be at our inspection wrap ups a lot because he's very good at, you know, this is a big thing. You should be very concerned about it. And here's why, or the inspector might make it seem like a big deal, (laughs) but it's really not, (laughs) you know, just waiting through that piece of it. He's got a very, very good perspective with that. Or if clients are talking about remodels or upgrades or different things, then again, he's good at identifying steps or things maybe that they're not thinking about. So I do think now we're better at piecing it out a little bit, but it's also hard. There are a certain number of steps in each transaction, but it's hard to just kind of put that on a conveyor belt and truly piece it out because a lot of it is like this and it's kind of runs into the other part of it. So we still have to keep each other updated and, and current to what's going on. And everybody's different. Yeah. Every single client's different. Every house is different. Every, yeah. I mean, you're, you could be looking at newer builds or um, historical homes and there's all sorts of things that come into play with personalities and, and uh, what, what, additionally we can offer to to people or what we feel like they need assistance with more mm-hmm. um and it's it's kind of organic that way there's definitely like set processes that we put in place but then there's right. different that need additional things yeah and how yeah. how do you take that like do you have a tuesday morning meeting and where you sit down and just review what's going on like how do you how do you compartmentalize so business and life <laughs> so yeah. that it doesn't overtake the dinner table talk and that's what's hard. And we have yeah. two kids and um, Dylan's in school, you know, they're getting more into the school age, but when they were younger, for sure, it was hard because it's the constant interruption, mom, I need water. And, yeah. you know, so there are times where it was really hard when we would finally say, we have to just talk today for like 15 minutes. We, yeah. we have to. And we did, I, it was a couple of years ago when I think we realized that we were sitting there and and said to I think you might have said it and you I said, had an epiphany. you said we need to have that like separation of mm-hmm. of time where it doesn't overtake dinner table because a lot of times our our only free time because we're running around with clients or, yeah. or doing stuff and to sit down and talk a lot of times is at that dinner table mm-hmm. and right. that's where we can catch up just because oftentimes we we can't like between kids and 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 clients and running around with jujitsu and stuff like that oftentimes that's when we can discuss it but we did stop like two years ago and you I think you pointed out just like we we have to have that separation like cutoff time where we don't discuss it because it does interfere a lot it interfered with us and even our kids are like why are you talking about work at dinner you know they don't want to hear about whoever's inspection report and low appraisal (laughs) you know so that I think definitely helped yeah to try and separate it that helps and oftentimes we have to we do have to just talk about it then because there was no other time during the day to do it you got to get out yeah I mean we have a family business too it's not it's not perfect Um, yeah but you try and look for um, focused areas of opportunities where you can separate that yeah. and you know kids how was your day um that type of thing um, yeah because that's yeah. important totally um, yeah still try and give them what they need <laughs> <laughs> so you had uh you didn't have a sphere of influence you went out and got your sphere of influence by um open houses primarily pretty uh, much in yeah. the first year well like what does the first year look like for a new agent um, and uh, a new I team think- and a new group and everything I mean, it was, it was hard. Um, we, I think our first closing took us six months, mm-hmm. um, from the time we got back from Belize, mm-hmm. um, to our first closing was six months. So that was hard financially, obviously, um, yeah. to mm-hmm. not to come back, not have, have everything I had. I had multiple job offers that we, we sat there and contended me taking. And then, and it was this 
ultimate goal of us being in real estate together that I said, all right, never mind. Cause it, I mean, they weren't, they weren't bad jobs. They were lucrative jobs. Right. But we, we left us because of all those issues of me not being able to be around. And, and um, we wanted to have, a, we obviously had a daughter then and wanted to have that time with, with our kids. And so it was like, all right, we need to make this work. So I think it was about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember interviewing for the job. Uh, well, well, no, like interview, just interviewing for, so it was a buyer that I had met at, um, an open house. And I remember going over to their home and interviewing for it. They had interviewed two other agents and sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. It happens more with sellers than buyers. Yeah. But this yeah. was buyer interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they ended up, and I, I, I knew the people I was going against were big names, seasons, seasoned agents here, well-known. And they ended up selecting me and that's how we got our first closing. And that fed us for a while while we could keep doing open houses and, and grow that sphere. Um, Because I think our next one after that was three or four more months. Yeah, It wasn't just like a waterfall after that one. So first year was definitely hard. And it's, it's a very interesting business in that it, it's not hard to get a real estate license, to be yeah. completely honest. It's it's not that much education time. It's a couple of tests. It's not that hard to the detriment of the industry, I think. I I feel like the standard should be a little bit higher because yeah. it's, it's legal, it's financial, it's so psychological and emotional. And so on top of just moving back and trying to, create some kind of a sphere and meet people we're also learning contracts and negotiations and and all of that so I mean the the first year is hard for sure it's hard I think a lot of industries the to get going is is hard and we didn't have that frenzy going on that we had for the previous two years where you could yeah a lot of people buying and buying I mean it was it was probably more normal like this Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and so it took a while. People were looking at more homes and it wasn't to rush. Yeah. I got to ask you though, you went into that meeting, you hadn't had a sale in six months or, or leading up to that. You got to be a little nervous and you're coming in against, um, you know, two seasoned agents and you're the new guy in town, um, but you got the deal. That's super exciting. Or you yeah. got the listing. What do you think the magic it, was? It, and it was, it was actually just a buy. It was a buyer to get. Oh, it was a buyer get the opportunity oh, yeah. to represent the buyer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super, super competitive. So yeah. honestly, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't a, it's not a nervousness, like getting on this with you. I'm not nervous. Yeah. Um, but there's this part of me that, that takes over as far as competition wise. And it started, it started when I was young, like meeting, meeting girlfriend's parents. It was always my goal for girlfriend's parents to love me when I walked out of there. Like that, <laughs> Like I'm going to impress them. And that open houses, you were like that too. Cause yeah, the open houses a too. lot of people come into open houses and are like, cause they yeah. know that they're going to get harassed and you know, the whole time that they're walking through and it, he, it, in every open house, it was his goal to, to make a relationship I, with. It was people. my goal to make them laugh or smile mm-hmm. while yeah. they're just that goal to, to make, cause it is a lot of people have their defenses up. They, they don't feel comfortable with it. And I'm not there to attack them. Like we're there to assist and and help where we can. If there's an opportunity to create a relationship with that, I'm, I love doing it. Um, And so I'll be like, watch this and I'll go and, 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 uh, whatever I have to say, it just depends on the person. Um, but I, I love to build relationships like that. Um, I think it's fun. It's like, uh, uh, a competition in myself to, to have them laugh or smile and make that, that defense, that guard go down. Um, so same thing at, at that first meeting. Yeah. I was nervous. I'm thinking, man, we need, we need this. Yeah. But, uh, um, at the same time, I'm like, going to do great. I love competition. And if I can get them to, to smile, enjoy me being there and show my value, um, as far as like construction knowledge and things like that, then, um, then we'll get it. And and we did. Um, so I, I love that part. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And have you, have you applied that aspect to client retention as well? I mean, you, it sounds yeah. like you develop a friend like that. 
or both of you? Yeah, we, I, I would say our business now, um, our business does very well, I, I would say, for being back here for seven years this year mm-hmm. or this summer. Um, we do, the majority of our business is, is from referral and, and return now. Uh, and we don't, uh, um, like we don't do Zillow pay for Zillow leads or anything like that. Um, the majority of stuff that we have is, is people either seeing reviews of us online or, um, being a a repeater. How do you, how do you get visibility online? How are people seeing you? Um, do you work on that or is it, was that kind of a set it and forget it? No, um, I did spend a lot of time on that at first. Um, is that something that I did in Belize um, as far as becoming number one? Being You can't be number one in the U.S. because the, the companies, like uh, if you were to Google um, something on your Google AdWords you in, in the top guys, it's always Zillow, Redfin, whatever. They spend sure. millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You can't compete. Um, but down in Belize where um those guys don't exist i was able to become number one if you searched for a a, a realtor on ambergris key wow. um that was all through um seo i studied i actually trained myself i didn't go to a school or anything but i got a few books um looked online and trained myself on seo at that time um where we then um became the top listing whenever you searched on google for us or for wow. real estate down there um, so yes, when we came back, I did do all that same stuff to kind of build us up. Um, and over time that's, that's changed too, because even, even then, so nine years ago, 10 years ago in Belize, um, and then coming back here and being seven years in these last seven years, SEO has changed a lot too. Sure. And I, just, I, I, but uh, there's more and more competition wise, and I can't compete on that. So we no longer show up so high that way, but um, I mean, it's all about getting our reviews. Um, we still request people to, to um, after we're finished, to, to review us on on Zillow. Um, we stopped mm-hmm. that for a while um, just because there was word of it going to be all of our reviews were being deleted or lots of our sh- sales wouldn't show up for a while, things like that. So it was reviews on Zillow, um, reviews on Google, um, reviews on Facebook, things like that. Um, we don't really, we don't ever share them, but um, I think, you know, a lot of our calls now are people that uh, see those reviews about us, um, however they find them. You know, there's so many different uh, um, words that people search by for real estate agents. And yeah, we land, we land, uh, whether it's, whether it's something that I did in the past or, or not organic, whatever, they're landing on us somehow. Um, and we're showing up and they read reviews of us. And I would say, you know, we know when they do, cause they'll be like, Oh, we, we read a reviews you've got yeah. with this. Like those, the people I mentioned about uh, that were coming from North Carolina, they found us online and read the reviews and saw, saw our website um, where they read about construction background, things like that. And they were like, and I appealed to them specifically with a construction background. I mean, I, I gotta go back and, and just highlight that point. Cause I think that's pretty incredible that you've got a couple of books to learn SEO and it took you to the top. Cause the, the, you know, there's this mystification that SEO is complicated. Obviously it is because, mm-hmm. um, but people, the typical answer is to just go pay somebody, you know, yeah. 50 or 75 or $500 a month, whatever the number is. And in the real estate industry, it's probably thousands of dollars a month to show up at the top, millions of dollars a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those three books have just paid dividends for your knowledge year after year after year. That's pretty incredible. They did. I taught me about myself how to code and do SEO while while we were down there, mm-hmm. just yeah. by books and looking at like watching tutorials online and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. That's so cool. <laughs> a lot of um, people look at this pretty face. <laughs> they don't realize <laughs> that there's what's a going on up there. here. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then uh, part of your marketing, um, and I've seen it change over the years, but Gentry used to spend hours and hours and hours, and you used to have a really curated and really detailed and really incredible um, social social media page and yeah. and posts. And that's kind of changed as of re- recently. Um, I want to know kind of what you did yeah. and then why it shifted. I did. Um, so I, and I enjoyed it. I felt like 
Um, it's, it is very much a process what we do, but like Evan touched on each one, each transaction is very different because the, the people involved are different, it's different buyers and sellers and, and whatnot. So I felt like then it would be fun to treat my social media more like kind of a case study, like in mm -hmm. this situation, here's what this looked like. And to describe, you know, going out and seeing six or eight different homes. And this is some of the good that we saw. And this is some of the bad or what worked for our client and what didn't. And then follow that up with, oh, we went under contract and then follow up with, here's what the inspection report looked like. And the appraisal came back fine or, oh my God, the appraisal was not Spoiled good. It, yeah. Because there's all kinds of stuff that can come out, come up through these processes. So I, I definitely went through a phase where I was more active on social media. And then just in the last couple of years, when our world got so wonky, um, I feel like it, it, it was kind of a gross space for a while <laughs> and yeah, I just okay. didn't enjoy it as much. And it takes some time to, to make all of the slides on Instagram stories and write those details and stuff. And, and part of me just thought it doesn't feel good. Um, I would rather put that time with sitting there with my kids and not creating the slides, but just being present with them or whatever. So I did take some time off, I think for over a year, I didn't post anything stories yeah. or any kind of post yeah. at all it, it, i mean everybody's seen it a lot of negativity in that mm -hmm. in that yeah. space and whether you're blue red like whatever. blue red whatever whatever your feelings were on covid all that kind of stuff there was a lot of attack on whatever you did there was judgment on that. Mm -hmm. and and so i think that was a lot of us just saying you know what it doesn't feel good get right involved now. in all that because we don't care i don't care what party you are over here we honestly don't care mm -hmm. um and everybody there's a lot of attachment to that um that people have and have strong opinions on that where we're not necessarily concerned about that as much and that might be our our we came back from belize with a different global view um mm -hmm. that we didn't have when we lived in the u.s um it took us almost a year to open our minds to um, that more global view or opinions on things. And so I think, um, that was part of it too, is just yeah. like, we, we have this bubble here, um, in the, in the U S um, and like, I'll try to tell people different things and, and, and they're like, yeah, we know we've been to Mexico. I'm like, you went to Mexico for vacation. You went to Cancun. You, went yeah. to Cancun. <laughs> you don't really know. And like I say, it took us a year to actually start understanding and feeling some of those things and having that more broad view mm -hmm. that it's really hard to describe, but not until you live out of the country and escape that bubble. Can you have that more open view of things? And I think living somewhere versus just visiting and you're on vacay and you know, it's very sure. different to actually live somewhere. You probably can relate to that living in Hawaii. It's part of the yep. U.S., but it's obviously very different than anything in the continental U.S. For sure. And so you probably can re relate to that quite a bit also. Yeah. And, and I and so I think that opened our mind to, hey, we don't want to be on social media and getting arguments about this and that because we honestly don't care. I mean, this was the coolest thing that I take away from Belize and, and will tell people. Um you are in a third world country where we have a million dollar house right here next to a literal shack. It is yeah. a shack made out of wood found on the, on the, on the beach like that sticks, they, literally. Sticks that they're and they're you're living right there. So the cool thing about Ambergris Key is so like, if you go to the majority of islands that you were to go visit, you got a giant resort um, and it's a resort community. So it's all giant resorts all around it. On the other side of the island is where the locals live. Yep. And so when you go visit, you don't see that. And in Belize on Ambergris Key, you see it. Everybody's still together. And so I'll, I'll tell people this, this is the way I look at it. You can sit at a bar and you can sit by somebody that makes $10 million a year. And you can sit by somebody that makes $5 a week. And you're the same. It doesn't matter there. That status doesn't exist. 
yes, it's discussed like outside of it, but when you're sitting there next to somebody, when somebody says, and I think this is super cool, when somebody says, um, what do you do? It's not what your job is. It's who you are as a person. Oh, like, interesting. You sit by them and they want to know about you. They're not asking what, because like here, here you sit somebody and sit with somebody and, and probably the first three questions they ask you is what you do for a living. That's not something that's important as you're sitting next to somebody at the bar down there. So status and like your job is not important. Your family, like things that you do for fun, that's what's important. And I love that about that there. And so I think that's also an extension of that. What we were just talking about with social media is we don't want to get involved in it. We don't care because we don't want to have that argument. There's so much more going on. That's way more important than we need to fight about if you're red or blue. Right. Yeah, uh, for sure. So you yeah. would get with these postings, you'd get this backlash. I mean, I, I always thought it was really cool because it, it was kind of a behind, like a raw yeah, behind the scenes, like damn the life of a realtor. And I, and yeah. And I, you know, we probably follow 2,500 to, I don't know, maybe it's even 4,000 realtors on our, on our Instagram. And a lot of the stuff's the same, but that was different and more detailed and like organic and raw and. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I don't think it was backlash, backlash on those. On it was, it was other stuff. Like, I mean, we, lo we lost friends, we lost business and it was net, but it was never like, Hey Gentry, what you liked this post. Why? It was never like that. It just yeah. was like very broad assumption. And so just in general, social media for a while felt very gross Got to me. It. And I thought, I'm not going to put my time into trying to do something different and Got try it. and have this education piece of it and kind of show the good and not just the HGG, HGTV, sure. like go drink a glass of wine and then it closes and, you know, because it is not that <laughs> at all. So I just thought, I'm not going to put my time into this when it just, it doesn't feel good to be on there and now I'm I've done a few little posts but I am kind of um missing that a little bit because I think it's fun to yeah to make it fun and try and make it a little bit more educated or educational and a little more behind the scenes to it well and and to be fair in the last two years the business was was different like you yeah. when when you started you were showing yeah. the three three four houses that you saw in a day yeah. and instead you would have been like in line with 55 people right. looking at this be like look yeah. how yeah. fun this is yeah <laughs> this it is was phone, very different for a while yeah yeah very different oh. i know it's kind of funny to talk about we used to literally like send out okay you've got to narrow this down to like eight or ten and for a while it was like you, there's not there's nothing like yeah. there's literally you call and instead of saying you know what does the seller need it was how many offers how much over are they did they waive everything it was yeah. crazy for a while and so with this shift that I think we're still in part of it feels good to be a little bit more back to normal of you know 30 days on market is okay instead of three hours you know, having some time to actually show the house instead of running through it with 15 other people. Um, so part of that's okay. There's some uneasiness, I think, still just with interest oh, sure. rates doing whatever the hell they're doing and, <laughs> and some different things. I think they're going up right now. <laughs> yeah. They're going up. <laughs> they're Yesterday going up. went down a little bit. Yeah. Yesterday, a little bit down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how are you, how are you succeeding in, in metering clients' expectations through that shift? Um, it's gotta be challenging from, from, I mean, it's happened in four months. Yeah. Five yeah. months. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's super hard because you have, um, you have a lot of action and a lot of noise. People have a lot of noise from their TV coming at them, what they yeah. see online, um, what a realtor tells them what a, a, friend, a friend, a family member. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of noise going at people. People are catching up now and seeing that um, things are, are different. But when it first started shifting, you definitely had like the groanings of the sellers, like what's going on? Why yeah. is this? Yeah. My neighbor just sold two months ago or three months ago and they got $50,000 over. And why has my house been on for seven days? Mm -hmm. So you definitely had that um, where it's all about, 
being able to educate him and, and, and walk through what's going on. Um, and I think a lot of it now, it would have been harder for us when we, when we started to be honest, because now we've got a lot of action in business weekly in that we're getting to experience it with our listings. And then also when we take buyers out and see what's going on, what kind of activity is going on, we get to see it as a boots on the ground. Like we feel it ahead of any statistics statistics that come out we're feeling it and so we're able to share yeah. that that what we're seeing in person we can share data but the data even is behind it's behind what we see first too um and uh so i mean that definitely helps that we're very busy out there right now and be able to share that um, Good. i mean it's not always it's not always like what somebody wants to hear no. but that's one thing that you'll find from us is that we'll always always be honest in what we share, whether that gives a gives them a, a bad feeling about us or a good feeling. You're always going to find that that we're honest. And yeah, um, I mean, there's definitely those people that they they didn't want to see the email of of well, this weekend we didn't have anything, and unfortunately we went up to you know six and a half percent this week. They don't want to hear those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people just get upset or they're, they, they have, like I said, that, that noise that's coming in of, of the TV, their friend or whatever. Um, but it's dated. A lot of it's dated information yeah, for sure. we're looking at. Um, and so they want to listen to that. Um, just cause you, you, as a, a real estate agent in, in this business, you generally are not trusted in the first place <laughs> We're we're a lot of times looked very honestly, poorly upon like considered like used car salesman sorry to use car salesman but that's definitely a look um that um or an idea that's kind of yeah put on us oftentimes and so you have a little bit of hesitancy uh from people uh when you give them information um and they choose you know whether to listen to you or from the noise or from their friend i mean we're always honest about it and uh um like i said that can be a good or a bad <laughs> yeah i mean it's just to the, it's the truth and that's all you can ask for especially yeah. when when you're yeah. going through these transactions uh, absolutely you know to be a guiding light that that's going to tell them when it's good or bad or i don't have yeah. the answer i don't know yeah, yeah. we've always tried to approach it more of being like a trusted advisor mm-hmm. and like evan said we'll, we'll always be honest we'll try to like how we say it and how we present it matters, but also be very honest and, and forthcoming about it to where we are looked at more in that trusted advisor role. And I, I feels like we've done well with that because of the repeat clients and, and referrals, yeah. but that's always something that, that we try and keep in mind. Yeah. And it, and honestly, that, that actually does cost us business at the time some of this stuff but eventually we're going to get more from well hopefully it builds hopefully more it trust builds, it boards more, yeah, builds more trust, but like um you actually you did this inspection for us oh. in mccormick ranch um the probably, kitchen sink drained on <laughs> oh, the yeah, outside wall that. and yeah. it was a flip in mccormick ranch yeah the, the kitchen sink drained outside through the wall and then yep. they had a chimney that they turned into a pantry, pantry. And they didn't close off the top of the roof yeah. up there. And they a had hole. a piece of drywall. Yeah. And, and, and we had we told. Out a wall. That, yeah. And we were like, we're pretty sure that wall was probably load bearing and there's yeah. no. Yeah. Anywhere. And so when we showed that house, we actually had told those clients. I, and now this was, we were both with them at that time. Um, and I said, this house is, it, it's not done well. This flip is not done well. And that's where I say yeah. the honesty. I'm, I'm going to tell you, we don't just want that sale. We, cause, cause we're not going to have, if we just push you into a sale and you're unhappy, we're not going to get your, your, maybe you'll give us a good review right after it closes. But after you've been there a while, you're going to delete that review and probably post. Sure. So we're not going to exist after we do that because like a lot of people, their thing is like, Oh, you just want to get a commission. You just want to get it closed and get a commission. Like, no, cause you're going to write something poor about us yeah. later, or, or delete that good review or whatever. Um, and so we did say on that one, this house is it. Like before you you even came, you probably shouldn't even offer on this, but they loved that home and that location. So we did go under contract, you inspected it and all those things came back. (laughs) It was junk and they did cancel on it. 
And it's funny because the husband um, on that one told the wife, he's like, these people, these realtors are crazy. They, they work for commission and they told us not to buy that house. Yeah. And and he's like, they, they don't get paid if we don't buy the house. And so like, that was like earth shattering to them. So there's that, that conceived notion of, of realtors just pushing you into that house is definitely very real because we experienced it with them. And then it broke that barrier right there with yeah. that. But they were like, holy crap, they, they don't care. They, they want us to get a good house, um, not just buy whatever so they get a commission. Well, we told right? them at the time, I told them, I want to be invited to your wedding, to your baby shower. You know, if you guys sell this house or whatever it is, I hope that we're the first ones you call. And with this couple in particular, that's exactly the next year we got invited to their wedding. I went to her baby shower. We helped them purchase their next move up this past summer. summer, Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of why we do things the way we do is it's not just a transaction. We want to be build relationships where we're part of, you know, a little bit of like, I don't know, their extended family or our real estate family or whatever you want to call it, but to where we're thought of and, and have future transactions hopefully as well and we'll do the same thing with a with a seller we had a seller last year um on an acre acre and a half of land that they had used us to purchase probably like three or four years Mm -hmm. before that um and we got the pictures done got everything ready we're about to go on the market and this is when this is when interest rates then started shooting up really yeah um and so we're looking at prices um for what he's still going up what his family wanted prices keep going up versus what he had and what he could get in exchange with what was going on with the rates um and so i think we were activating supposed to activate the The next next day day. and went over sat down at the at the table with them and um said listen this is for your budget what you can can now get versus what you currently have and yeah. so and with the rates and so we start looking at that monthly payment um they wanted more acreage but similar home but unfortunately homes had gone up so much in in price and land that they were knocked out of that level so um they were going to list and buy with us um and so based on those numbers I mean, it's like fifty thousand dollars in commission sure we had already paid for pictures, everything. And we're like, you guys shouldn't you do probably it. Probably <laughs> shouldn't do it. And it, I wow. mean, it wasn't us saying, no, don't won't do, do it, it for you, but explain what, what options they have out there. We know deeply what they want. We've sat and we spent a lot of times understanding a lot of time, understanding what people want. Very, I think maybe that's that construction background mm-hmm. and design background that we have of being able to understand what and walk into homes and understand what people want very innately. Um, so quickly, but we knew it had a deep understanding of what they wanted, what we could find on, on market and off market properties and what that price was versus what they currently have. And it wasn't really what, what was going on with the market didn't allow them to upgrade. And so essentially they would have been selling their house and buying the same thing for maybe, maybe buying the same thing for 400,000 more than what they were paying right now. Um, Crazy. And so we ended up just canceling and 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 they're still there not listing it um but like that's total honesty totally and and you know we don't we're not asking for reimbursement of the photos or anything it's just like they'll refer us they'll use us in the future whatever happens we've got a great relationship with that person because we we care about them we've made that um relationship um from the get-go when they bought and now you know we do pop buys um, we talk to them, see them regularly out, and and that's how it is with a lot of our clients is just that continued um, uh, care for them. And, and we do honestly care for them, especially after we make that relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just dropped some huge gold, especially for people getting into the business or new agents. Um, and I just want to quickly summarize what I heard. It's okay if they don't buy the first house, right? Mm-hmm there are other houses out there for people. Um, and sometimes you have to go through that first disaster to really tune what they want. Um, I hear a lot of integrity in what you were saying. Um, you guys always do the best thing for the client at the same time. And then you develop a caring, caring, 
careful, caring relationship mm-hmm. uh, with your clients. And, and it sounds like even by saying no, sometimes you're saying um, yes to the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. And, and I understand that that can be hard for new agents too, because you're sitting at that dinner table yeah. and you haven't had a check for six months and you were dinner. Right? <laughs> and so it's like, all right, are you going to that, that house that you need and they love, are you going to tell them it's a piece of junk? You yeah. need to, because your business isn't going to evolve and prosper afterwards because it's going to tank if you do push them into that one, because that wasn't an honest honest thing that you did or it had no integrity and they're going to remember that and they're not going to refer you like i said a lot of our business is from our our, our past referrals and mm-hmm. and um and repeat customers they wouldn't be repeating if we did stuff like that that's mm-hmm. true 100 mm-hmm. percent um i want to i want to be cognizant of your time as well and just make a, a quick shift into um a couple we'll, we'll call it closing questions but um yeah. Tell me about, uh, as an agent, what do you like about home inspections? And then conversely, what do you dislike about home inspections too? We, especially in the first couple of years, and we were talking about this, I said to Evan, how did we meet Sean initially? Because we had a couple of different home inspectors when we first started. And I feel like for sure your industry, there's a huge difference between just kind of the okay and mediocre and a truly good, trustworthy home inspector. And I don't think you realize the value of that until you experience both. And unfortunately, we've experienced both, both, both as fire agents and listing agents. So now, especially seeing what a truly great home inspection company is and looks like I, we appreciate it even more. I think part of it is the way a home inspector shows up. Not that you have to be like, um, you know, like Andrew has a beard and longer hair and, you know, but he still looks like presentable and you show up and look nice and not like got out of jail a couple of nights ago, (laughs) you know, um, from that to talking about, how a home inspection has some limitations. You can't see everything. You're not going to find every little thing, unfortunately. It's yeah. a human in an imperfect process, right? Like you, there's just things that you can't foresee and you can't find every single little thing. So the like rapport and the presentation when you're face to face with someone, but also the reports. I mean, we've gotten some reports that it's like, oh my gosh, did they might as well have handwritten this on a napkin? Like yeah. it's awful. Um, so I think even the, the reports and and the professionalism that way makes a huge difference. Yeah. Communication. There's been times where Evan's been on the phone with you or or an ins- one of your inspectors in the, later in the evening or on weekends. Our clients know that they can call and get. Yeah follow-up questions answered. So all of that is hugely important. The worst thing is you get this home inspection report and then the home inspector just kind of like disappears and it's that's spooky Mm -hmm. because sometimes there are, or at the wrap up, I miss a piece of it. And then we're trying to write up the Benzer and Evan's like, well, what did they say about this? And I don't know. I didn't listen to that part, I guess. Let's call it. (laughs) Um, uh, For me, all that other stuff is good. But for me with the construction background, a lot of it is just knowledge and deep, like, unfortunately, a lot of home inspectors that we had tried over the years, they don't have knowledge or I would. So I understand that I know a lot because of my background, but I also expect them to know a lot. And if I wait sure. you know way too much and they're, they're saying stuff in there that I'm like, that's, that's not right. That's not right. That's yeah. that's wrong. That's not. A I'm good like thing. that's not a good. That's not a good feeling, and that's happened. That's definitely happened. There's stuff that that some of them have said, and I'm like, it's that's very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and not with your company, but no. you know, other experiences that we've had. There's definitely been that. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, it's it's certainly an evolving in- industry. Um, our licensing is is similar to yours. Um, where it's it's challenging, but it's not incredibly challenging. Um, yeah. But it also doesn't teach you anything past the technical and right. 
and yeah. the rapport and the business building and and yeah. so on and so forth. It's I, ours. I I think just takes a little bit longer, or probably a lot longer in reality. Um, I think so. I, and I still remember in in real estate school, and I I hate this for test taking purposes. And then it's like you'll never ever use this ever again. That's right. awful. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be that. It should be teaching how to sit down with a seller and do a listing presentation because that's what's going to make a difference or how to pick yeah. good people to have in your toolkit, like a good inspection company and, and all of these different pieces that, that go into it. Yeah. A lot of it then just turns into trial by fire, unfortunately. And that, that can be kind of spooky. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, you got to get your feet wet for sure. Mm -hmm. And you don't, you probably don't know what you're doing. I mean, and in the very, very beginning, like, okay, we got an inspection. I guess got to find an inspector or help my clients find an inspector or what have you. Yeah. So yeah. You got to go to your resources. Yep. Um, I see the bike behind you and it, oh. it's a perfect segue for me to say, um, what does Evan and Gentry do just outside of your real estate business? I, I talk too much. Either. Oh, shush. Um, <laughs> if we, yeah. If we can be outside with our babies, having some kind of adventure, getting dirty, just being outside, we're happy. So camping, fishing, mountain biking is one of our very favorites, our kids mountain bike. Um, just and race. Any, yeah, <laughs> anything outside is is awesome. We have a puppy, a six month old lab that's an amazing little dingus. <laughs> <laughs> but she loves to run trails and so she fits in perfect now. And so being outside, we love to go to Lake Powell. We love to travel. We are in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. We love going up to Colorado still. We both grew up in Colorado, so we love going up there, camping, um, exploring here. Badger Springs is awesome. But I think being outside is probably one of our very favorite things. Anything outside, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And I appreciate that you've, you've added to my tool belt that question, and it has a different meaning now. So thank you. Oh, what? <laughs> what do you do? Which oh. way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's not always, what it's, do you do for a living? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It's not always that. I, I, I think it's cool to, to be more well-rounded than your job. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. you're, you're, you're not all, the, the person you are is not your, your necessarily your job, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You laugh about it because when Evan gets asked that, a lot of times he'll be like, I'm retired. Because part of it <laughs> is if you tell someone you're in real estate, it's like at the open house, they kind of go, they, like yeah, they kind yeah. of up and like, oh, are they going to try and sell He's me a house? Try I don't want to sell my house yeah. or buy something. So <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, I, I am, a, I'm a secret agent because, like, a secret real estate agent because if they ask, I'll tell them I'm retired <laughs> until you know them better. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Not very good job at uh, building up the business by telling I'm retired, but <laughs> well then let's segue into that and say, where do people find you? How does, how does someone acquire your skill set and values and service and integrity? Google Evan and Gentry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we no, have a I, website. Yeah, we have a website, Phoenix Valley RE, like realestate.com. So Phoenix Valley RE.com. Um, social media, social we're media. on Instagram and, and we have a business Facebook page also. Yeah. 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 So they can find us that way. Awesome. Guys, this Nothing has been special. enlightening. <laughs> Nothing special with that. No, I mean, that's, those are the ways. This has certainly been enlightening. I, I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I learned a lot too. So thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you thank for you. having us. That was fun. Yeah. Let's do it again. Hey, did I win? Did I, did I win you over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you smiled, you you smiled through it. <laughs> you haven't stopped smiling the entire time. I think that's your secret. Hey. You know, that's, that's one other thing though, I, that I, I do say, I say that a smile sets the tone for your life. And like, if you wake up smiling and, and you smile with people, it will, it makes things different from you. So I always get that comment about, about smiling, but it feels good. Mm -hmm. And so a smile sets the tone for your life because it does. And that's the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's quotable right there. That's like, like in 20 years when when you're in the history books and that it's evan says yeah. a smile sets yeah. the tone for your life hopefully in 20 years i'm on 
You are I, retired I, on an I'm, island. I'm retired <laughs> and like, disappeared in Costa Rica or Belize or and whatever again. Find you. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for listening to Just Another Real Estate Podcast. For the latest episodes, please subscribe and be sure to follow Dwell Inspect Arizona on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. To contact Dwell Inspect Arizona, call us at 480-867-4599. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, email our team at office at dwellinspectaz.com.